Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 I am, of course, your host, Mark Krishnez, and today, I've got literally nothing to talk about. This weekend was a, a hellhole. It was a horrible weekend that was completely wasted in the end, where I got the new capture device in, set it up initially, and thought it would be and run smoothly and everything would be hunky-dory and it wasn't the Agato HD 60x when I downloaded the 4k capture utility the footage from that was incredibly choppy specifically the audio but then the recorded captures were just horribly choppy on all fronts the video the audio is just bad 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 and I thought okay well this is just uh a no-go. Then I thought, hmm, what if I try to directly capture from OBS, which I never used with the current Elgato I have because the quality of the footage is much better when recording from the native software, from the Game Capture HD software. But I figured, you know, maybe, maybe OBS is better now with the current setup I have and whatnot why don't i just try that and it worked the footage was nice and clean and smooth the audio was great it was all great but in capturing directly through obs i would have to redo my whole setup in order to make things work and i was switching things in obs proper and then finally got it to the place where yeah okay Everything's working as it should. Wait a second, wait a second. How am I going to capture the actual gameplay for making videos for YouTube? I need the full screen version. How am I going to record that while also streaming and having the setup that I have for streaming? Well, can I do that with OBS? Is there a way to do that? Because I could do that with Streamlabs OBS. You can choose what goes to the recording feed and what goes to the streaming feed but there's nothing like that in OBS I learned I learned that this weekend so after trying to find a way I got a plug-in that did not want to work at all I think it was source record and it just did not want to do its job I ended up re-downloading Streamlabs OBS and then I imported all my OBS scenes and everything to that and was quickly reminded that it's not a one-for-one import so while you get the majority of things some things won't work or they'll be out of place or this or that or whatever and so that became my nightmare of setting all that up and fixing all that and expecting to fully transition to Streamlabs OBS I did all that I got it working and it seemed like it was going to be good and and the way I got around it was just to have in a scene that I have for like streaming in the background behind all the other sources I had a full screen version of the gameplay uh, uh, on top of the smaller one that's in the tv screen and that was only being sent to the recording everything else was only being set to the stream while this full screen gameplay and audio that wasn't being affected by the compressor 
was being sent to the recording. So I did all this finicky, dumb shit to get it working, and I got it working, and it seemed like, okay, this is where I'm at. And then I realized I just, as nice as it is, and it was nice in some cases, realistically, not going to be playing games on this TV with my dad, because we just play games online, and if a game is local co-op, you know, fuck me. <laughs> I could play on his, his stupid TV in his basement. But uh, I realized that stuff like Apex, I don't like playing on the big screen. I gave it a go, but it just doesn't work. And while the instant game view is really, really good, like it, it works. It is very, very fast. And for most games, it's playable. But it was ever so slightly choppy. Like it would drop frames here and there. It was enough that a game like Apex, where you want it to be as smooth as possible, it was rough. It was rough, rough, rough. And because of that, I wouldn't be able to use that. Then I have to play a bit. It, it just became this whole thing where... I was changing the way my setup is hardware-wise and wiring and all this stuff. And then changing this OBS scene, moving to this piece of software, trying this thing, doing all these things, wasting my entire weekend, thinking two, three times that I had finally set everything up and everything was great and we're set to go, only to, in the end, return the Elgato revert my entire setup back to the way it was and simply in order to actually bring a cam to these streams when I'm playing a game, I reset up the second cam. I had to initially in the test stream just have it where the wire is right in front of me so that it could connect to a USB 3.0 port directly into my PC because this is my history, at least. I powered USB hubs, even if they're like, well, "This is this is USB 3.0. It's all good. Don't worry. It's going to give you the same exact functionality as plugging in directly into your PC." Those never fucking work as intended. In that case, like where a device needs that power, needs to be connected directly to a machine. It just it it doesn't. It doesn't be, and it could be that the more things you connect to a USB hub, the less of, like even a powered hub, like it's a powered hub, it's got its own power source and all that. But in my experience, at least, it just, it, that never works. It never, ever works. I've never found a hub that does it. And maybe I just need to buy like a fucking two, $300 hub, which I'm sure exists. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. So instead, I, Mentioned it in the stream that I've never, like, it's annoying that this one thing is the case. And I never thought to myself, well, I can't be the only person who's annoyed by this. There has to be a workaround or there has to be a solution to this. There has to be ones that actually do work. But USB extension cables are, are such that when you use them to connect a USB device to a port that it can't reach otherwise, 
you lose out on the advantages of plugging it directly in because the the cable just negates that you know for whatever reason i don't understand hardware but i then learned of the existence of active extension cables which are more expensive but they allow you to extend the length of a cable while also keeping the benefits of plugging a device directly into the machine. Mind blown why I never looked into this. Like at this point, my setup is pretty good, but there are a few other devices where I'm like, this is here just because it needs it. Like it just, it can't be any further away. Like I'm like, son of a bitch, the fucking, the, the, cleaner somewhat like the, i could have done a few things differently with the initial reset up of this whole thing when i rewired everything and whatnot and uh i'm a little annoyed that i was just so dumb and short-sighted to not think hey there has to be a version of this type of cable this extension cable that is not shit and uh now i know now i know but uh, the extension cable I got does, in fact, work as intended. So that's good. And I got the game cam, which I'm happy with because it's at the angle I like. It's showing my left side of my face. But uh, yeah, it became a hellish weekend when I really needed, especially this weekend, I needed a relaxing weekend to just sort of mentally I, I just needed a good weekend to not have to worry about shit and i got the exact opposite it was very frustrating very exhausting and just annoying in how i went through all this trouble i did so much work i just beat the shit out of myself all weekend long and in the end all I ended up doing was adding a second webcam. I can't, you know, no, uh, eh, eh. another thing. Like, I, I feel like if I ever wanted to actually play on the, the Xbox or whatever, even the PS5 in its native resolution with HDR and all the bells and whistles, I still, because we're, I guess, it would look fine if the, the monitor was HDR and all that, but looking at HDR content, and it may have, if, if the 4K capture utility actually worked, it may have also converted or tone mapped and everything and, and fixed all that for viewing and, and whatnot. But the way HDR looks when it's viewed on a, a non-HDR display is not great. It's not great. And so that was affected, of course, and a little annoying. And I think one of the other things is that I think OBS has some stuff that can make HDR content look better on SDR displays. But Streamlabs OBS, isn't, it's just like none of nothing has all the things I want. If only the 4K capture utility actually worked, I... I I may have kept it and, and stuck with it because I, I, I think that would have dealt with that type of issue and it would have meant I didn't have to change all these other aspects. Like, 
it was fucking god man i don't i don't know if the 4k capture utility software is just a, a little piece of shit if i had a faulty device that somehow worked with obs but not it just well, i don't know man i don't know i don't know shit about hardware or anything but uh yeah that was the adventure of my weekend and it's why i have literally nothing to talk about game wise i just didn't play anything i didn't have time i was fucking trying to get all this setup shit working i i did also decide after looking at the game cam and just thinking about it i'm like i slouch too much that is definitely i have back issues i've had them so much but with the way my setup is and everything maybe my chair is just too high i like sitting up high but where my desk is and everything maybe it's actually too high and in order to have good posture when I am using the computer or gaming, I need to actually lower my chair and stop being an idiot. And that's what I'm doing right now. My chair's lower. It's it's weird because it's different, but I think in the end, going to be good. But yeah, I could have tried. There, there are a few games that I got that, because I have quite a few games but they're all under embargo, except for a few. And I could have played those a smidgen to just have something to talk about, but I didn't want to do that to myself or those games and just try and, like, you know, beat myself very quickly with this game and that game to get some quick impressions and give you some content in that regard because, you know, we can wait, right? I still watch some stuff. There are Patreon questions this episode, which is going to be nice. And... If you like this show and whatnot, you probably enjoy me. So hearing about all those woes was probably entertaining enough. Probably, maybe, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, you want to hear some more annoying things? Uh, I have the window shades, the, the kind you pull down, you know, and then if you want them to go up, you just pull them a little bit down and they go up. Uh, those things. And I feel like they're usually, uh, mostly, 100% of the time, they're white. And I was trying to find some black ones so that when watching movies, TV shows on my TV during the day, if I were to do so, and the sunlight was very bright, I could negate any glare. The, the TV, the, the, the Q90B, it's pretty good with glare. It's pretty good. But, you know what's better than some glare that's, you know, not the most distracting? No glare. No glare. It's it's always better to have none of glare than some of it. And so, ultimately, because I have curtains that are about an inch and a half or two inches too short... So there's some of the window that still shows if the the even when the curtains are covering the whole thing. I just ended up buying after f trying to find fucking shades and failing and failing and failing because either there are these weird velcro things like oh no no install required here fucking place a velcro strap and then you just you can velcro it on and off. I'm like I don't I don't want that, okay? I just want a roller. I want a roller shade. And that's it. Why is it so hard? 
and then all the things that were like roller shades and that like they're full install units so they come with the thing that you install in the window thing and i could i could not see on any of these a picture of what the actual roller looked like and how you removed it in some of the cases it looked like okay i don't think you can remove the roller from this but i also have no idea and then i would look at other ones where i think you could remove the roller here is it the kind of roller that i use that would fit my thing like it just drove me nuts and i was like okay fuck it i'm just gonna buy some new curtains that are slightly longer and that's what i did those are arriving later today and i can't wait to get them along with my big jumbo plushie of bingo from bluey which i'm very 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 excited about so today should be a good day in that regard getting the new curtains in getting a bingo plush in and uh yeah now i just need a big old bluey plush i'll be all good so there's a hell of a weekend there's a hell of a weekend what other annoying shit was i dealing with i don't know but uh i'm, I'm happy with this <laughs> despite all the horribleness that i went through dealing with the new setup that ultimately just was reverted back to the old setup with the addition of the webcam and whatnot i'm feeling pretty good about it i'm feeling good about streaming in general and i'm excited excited i am so yeah enough of all that uh, uh before you know get to the patreon question whatever in terms of what I've been watching, I am now just powering through TNG. I finished the first season. That was... I mean, it was rough. It was really rough. There's no getting around that. But there were two or three episodes in that last batch that were actually... I don't know if I'd say good, but they weren't bad. I'll at least say that. The one where they have the two Klingons who end up they ended up being bad dudes who overtook this ship or whatever. And we learned more about the Klingon race and their culture, etc. That was actually pretty good just for shedding some light on... What's his name? Is it Warg? I forget. I forget his name, the Klingon on the ship, who's part of the crew. Because up until that point, he was really underutilized. I was surprised. I'm like, man... I thought he was I thought he was like a bigger deal. And I don't like he's like never used. And then we get that episode, which is you know pretty good. It's pretty good. And I think in a lot of lists it's considered one of the better episodes of the first season. And in some cases the best after the pilot. And then I think there were a few others that were okay. And just being okay was incredible for season one. I was surprised. I knew she wasn't going to be on the series. That I, I was surprised when Tasha died, and like, oh, they just like it's it's kind of cool to just kill a main character and and her be actually real dead dead. But I'm happy she's gone. I didn't really like her. I'm sad that because I started season two. I'm about seven episodes in, and so far. Season two feels like it's going to be a perfectly fine season. And then hopefully season three is when it gets, man, this is some good ass shit. But season two, at least so far, isn't, 
Oh my god, this is horrendous, but yes, this is fine. This is perfectly watchable. It's fine, 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 fine. But I am a little sad to see Dr. Crusher go. We definitely were left with the worst of the Crusher family. Fucking Wesley. I hate the way the show at times teases him going away. Where it's like, okay, this is your last day here. Uh, we're going to have to do our... Our farewells later and we all know that's not gonna be the case because the whole show came out years ago we know how many episodes he's in etc just like man oh man do i wish there was an alternate universe where this actually was the case and wesley was just gone forever but it's a uh, a bummer i don't know how many guest appearances she makes if any and whatnot but the whole cock tease that was Dr. Crusher and Jean-Luc Picard. I'm sad that that will never see anything. I, I looked into it, I guess. There was an episode or something or other where they talk about an alternate universe where they did hook up but then got divorced. And I can't remember if I read that there is an episode where you do get to see them kiss. But, uh, yeah. They really just... They had their moments in that first season. But Wesley, the thing I'll say about Wesley, at least, is that it seems like they've gotten away from the boy genius. He's still fucking so... Uh, that No, I think that was in the first season. But I I, I think they're, they're pretty okay with him just being an intelligent character who's part of the crew and not boy genius who can fucking just figure anything out that everyone else can so that's good i still like data you can you can see also in the special effects and some of the makeup that they definitely got a bigger budget starting with season two but it's a it's fine it's fine i think why can't i think of his real name now jean-luc picard oh my god patrick stewart He's still one of the weaker aspects of the show, acting-wise. So I don't think I don't think season two had yet convinced him that the show was destined to last a long time and be this beloved thing that it is. So maybe that'll happen halfway or some point during season two, but at least early on, he's still one of the weaker characters. And Pulaski, the new Doctor, she seems. So much like a carbon copy-ish of the doc from TOS. Though I feel like there's room for growth within her character. Whereas, I forget his name, but the doc from TOS. He just, he, he never changed. Like, he had his ways of being and they were firm. And I'm getting hints already that... We're going to see a nice arc for Pulaski where she does transition from being more purely analytical and very, well, this is how it goes. Like, clearly, you're an android. You can't have this, that, or whatever, blah, 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 et cetera, and stuff like that. And that she's going to open up and she's going to evolve opinion wise, thought wise, et cetera. Hopefully. Got Whoopi. Whoopi has, has joined starting with season two. She's a... It just seems like, oh, 
a wise bartender character or whatever but uh she's pleasant I, I like it when she's there because she's got even me as a watcher she has this very relaxing nature to her very calming nature so when she's there it just feel it just feels nice things feel pleasant when she's around on the show and, and yeah I am enjoying it enough and I can't wait to get to the point where I'm fucking loving it but I did decide to take a break from TNG this morning in fact to finally rewatch something I've been thinking about ever since I started up TNG and maybe even when I started up TOS finally rewatched Galaxy Quest and oh shit man that movie is so good it is obviously 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 Tim Allen's best work and and not just his best work but the the best thing he's ever been in and I'm including the Toy Story movies I only really like Toy Story 1 and 2 2 is kind of a diehard 2 situation where it's a bit more the same but it's still good but Toy Story 1 is still my favorite the only the only real knock against Toy Story 1 is that it's incredibly dated from a visual standpoint, and it's a little rough to go back and watch it. I've talked about this in the past, but the way in which we get remakes of games today, and I wouldn't want things changed. I wouldn't want like a Resident Evil 2 style remake, but maybe more Demon Souls, which I think is relatively one for one. But I think for some of those early Pixar movies, a remake would be really, really cool. Though at the same time, the amount of work that would require, I don't think in any way would, unless unless they did do a re-release and it, and it worked out. So that it, you'd have to do it with one movie and, and test the waters. But if they were to like remake Toy Story, I would be so beyond ecstatic. Just give me the same exact movie with current technology. And in some cases, this is what Disney has been doing with the live action stuff. So especially with The Lion King, which I haven't seen, but I've heard people talk about it and that it's really just a one-for-one -one remake. And it's, it's not even fucking live action. That's what I hate about it. I mean, that's one of the things I hate about it. It just seems like the most pointless of all the quote-unquote live action remakes of their animated classics. But I, I would be curious if something like that would perform well or not. I'd love to see it. And I, I don't think they would have to do it with many movies. Honestly, maybe just Toy Story is the one that really, really could benefit from it. Because even A Bug's Life, which, was that? I'm trying to remember the order of Pixar movies. Was it A Bug's Life second? Was it, was it Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc.? trying to think of that initial four pack or so but i think even with a bug's life starting there that like a bug's life holds up relatively well but i would i would love to see a remake of that or a new bug's life movie because i adore that movie i think it is i'd probably say i uh, it's the most underrated of the pixar movies I think a lot of people forget about it or just don't like it all that much. And I think it's very fun and creative and 
I love the idea of a story being told in the bug world. And I think it's re really well done. We've got a great cast, great cast of characters, but also just a great voice cast. And I wish they would make a new one or, you know, magically remake the original. And if they were to make a new one, you don't even have to have the same exact characters at all. You just do perfect title. I mean, it's set up for it. You have a bug's life, and then you have what? Another bug's life, which is a perfect way to title a sequel that is, is, is reminiscent or elicits the feelings that maybe some people have for the original. And like, oh, I want to see a new Bugs Life movie. But also clearly states that this is a new story because it's another Bugs Life. It's not this Bugs Life 2. My my high school life is a... What's that, that, that thing with a... What's her face? I don't know what I'm on about. But uh, yeah. I'd love some more Bugs Life. Or just, you know... Just do something in the bug world again. The bug world, I think, is full of potential for really beautiful stuff to be done from just a visual standpoint. Like, there's so many interesting bugs out there, design-wise, the way they look and everything. And seeing our world from that perspective is really cool. That's why Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a really fun movie, even if it's not the best and it's got some questionable acting, etc., conceptually and visually that movie is very very cool and we see the potential in another bug's life with stuff like epic i believe is the name of that one where it felt very it felt very avatar-y but animated and about the bug world and, and and insects and just you know the smaller version as opposed to aliens and all that shit and it was, it was okay. I mean, it was, you're there for the visuals and some of the cast. I think Willem Dafoe was in it or Christopher Watts. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I, I completely got off track when I was talking about Galaxy Quest. But Galaxy Quest is amazing. Galaxy Quest is so, so, so good. And maybe... You know, it's not a Star Trek movie, but it's clearly going after the star. Like, it's specifically a Star Trek inspired. I don't. I don't even know if you want to call it a parody. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to call it. But I think there's an argument to be made that Galaxy Quest is the best Star Trek movie show piece of content ever made. It may not technically be Star Trek, but it doesn't matter. It's just so good. It's so fun. It's so entertaining. The performances are great. The characters and their different personalities are like Sam Rockwell is so good in it. I really like, and he might be my favorite character in it. It might be my favorite performance he's ever done. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Monk, but Tony Shalhoub, uh, or however you pronounce his last name, he is so good in Galaxy Quest as this nonchalant chief engineer character who's just like unfazed by any of this space travel and whatnot, except when he's asked to do something that may lead to 
Tim Allen's character dying when he has to beat him up. He's like, I don't, I don't know how this system works. I was just, I was just like freaking randomly doing shit on the show. And, uh, but uh, most of the time he's just like, like when he gets beamed up, he gets, everyone else is freaking out and he's just like, huh. well, that, that was, that was some, well, what's wrong with them? He's so good. At it. It's just a great, great movie. You don't have to have any love for Star Trek. You don't have to have any knowledge of Star Trek. That's part of what, or, or what makes it even better is the fact that it's not. And maybe that's why I, I, I hesitate to really want to put it in the parody category or anything of that, though, because you don't need any knowledge of what it's making fun of or you know playing up etc it is just a good movie on it it's just a good ass movie and i can't if you haven't seen it i can't recommend it highly enough i think i remember hearing about a 4k version at some point but i don't know if that was real if it was fake if that's still potentially happening i don't know but it's it's very 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 good definitely give it a go and then other than that, I've gone back and watched some Van Damme stuff. I watched Bloodsport. And that movie is alright. I don't know if I'd put it in my top five Van Damme movies. But it did get me to rewatch The Quest, which is very much so Bloodsport 2. Kickboxer and Bloodsport are often paired together. And I always thought Kicks, uh, Kickboxer came out before Bloodsport. I thought it was Kickboxer and then the following year Bloodsport. But it's actually the other way around, which seems weird. Bloodsport uh, seems way more like the movie that they make after this up-and-coming star has shown, oh, look, people seem to like him. Let's, let's do something a bit bigger with a bigger cast of characters and some maybe more familiar faces that you might know from this, that like, let's do that. You know, it, it feels like kickboxer is the rumble in the Bronx to blood sports rush hour. <laughs> kind of, but, um, it's, it's all right. The fighting is not the greatest, but it has its, its moments when, Van Dam punches the sumo guy, does like the palm punch in the in the stomach and does the face. That's great, of course. And then every way he's reacting after getting hit in the face with that dust shit, the powder, by the bad dude at the very end is very, very entertaining. I enjoy the bad guy and how like <laughs> They really make him just seem like the biggest dumb fuck in the world. Like when he's just like, he seems like someone who can't even speak. Like he's just that much of a muscle bound dumb dumb. So when he does speak, it's like, oh my God, I cannot believe you actually are smart enough to know the English language or any language for that matter. I'm, I'm, I'm utterly shocked. Shocked am I. But it's, it's okay. It might, so for me, top five, excluding JCVD, because I think that's just this very unique standalone thing that is my, I think is the best performance he's ever done unquestionably, and it's a fantastic movie. 
but it's not it's not really a Van Damme movie. Well, my top five would be Lionheart, then Sudden Death, and then three and four are... <laughs> I'd have to watch them both to decide where each one falls, whether it's third or fourth, would be between Street Fighter and Hard Target. And I'm not joking. I'm not joshing about Street Fighter. I think that is a fantastic movie. I think it's so much fun. It knows how stupid and silly everything about it is. And the source material is just like, what do you expect us to make with this fucking dumb shit source material? And if anyone doesn't like Street Fighter because they think it doesn't respect the story and lore, etc. of Street Fighter, you got problems. You got problems because you care about the story and lore of Street Fighter and you think there's story and lore in Street Fighter and you just like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Street Fighter takes this dumb material, this very hollow material. I don't care what kind of story, especially back then, where, I mean, they didn't, maybe they expanded a lot in Street Fighter 5 and 4, I don't know. And some of the anime that's come out and shit, whatever. But back then, they just made a fucking entertaining ass movie. And you know what else? I don't give a shit that Guile is not being played by an American. Who fucking cares? It doesn't fucking matter, man. Is it, is it so important to the lore and everything? No, it's, it's not. Who gives a shit? Is the movie entertaining? Yes. Okay. The clay's closed. Shut the fuck up. Then Hard Target is super fun and silly and ridiculous. And then for the fifth place, there are a handful of movies that could go there. Hard, not Hard Target. Um, Time Cop. Bloodsport could still be there. And then maybe Double Team would be dumb fun enough to land in the fifth spot. There's... I mean, maybe knockoff is fun enough. I don't know. Kickboxer could be there. Maybe I'll I'll change my tune about Kickboxer upon a rewatch. There's Replicant. I've I've never been the biggest fan of Universal Soldier. I think Universal Soldier Two is kind of more fun with how stupid it is. There's Nowhere to Run. Eh. Death Warrants. Maximum Risk. I mean, Welcome to the Jungle. He's great in, but it's a bad movie. You've got From Hell. Is it From Hell or In Hell? Something Hell. There, There's a whole bunch of stuff. Double Impact, which I don't remember ever liking, but I, I wouldn't mind rewatching there. That Legendary, uh, not Legendary, uh, Legionnaire, Desert Heat. You know, I'm thinking of all the stuff before he transitioned to a lot of just straight to TV and uh, straight to video garbage. But, uh, like, Hardcores is horrible. And there's some other stuff that's really, really, really bad. But, man, I'm not sure. And I, I think the one thing about, like, Bloodsport and Time Cop that are on that bubble. When I look at Van Damme, I think his movies fall into... Well, technically... I guess, yeah. I would say there's three categories. Of Van Damme. There's just a good ass movie, which there aren't many of, admittedly. There aren't that many that I would say 
These are good movies. You don't need to be a fan of Van Damme. Then there are the for fans of Van Damme. If you, if you enjoy, if uh, if you like Van Damme, you're gonna like these movies. And then these are just dog shit. And my top four, I think, are all good movies. And then I'd say Bloodsport, Time Cop are in there. And then there are a few that are on the bubble that I would just need to rewatch. And I would include, to me, if it's so bad it's good, that's just a good movie. That's that's just a good movie then. Because it's not so bad it's good if you're a Van Damme fan. It's so bad it's good because it's just so bad it's good. Uh, no Retreat, No Surrender. So bad it's good. But that's not really a Van Damme movie. He's got a very small part in it. He's the main fighting antagonist. But he's, he's not... He, he's maybe... I don't know, on screen for 15 minutes of that movie. And Black Eagle. Black Eagle is so bad, I'm embarrassed for everyone who's involved in it. Van Damme has some moments in it. The, the main dude, your lead, like it's got, it has maybe the, the most, the most least charismatic lead actor ever in the history of uh, everything. But uh, then you have all the Van Damme movies that just suck. Anywho, that's enough rambling on and on. We've gone like over 40 minutes just talking about nothing. So I, you know, you need to think no games to talk about. What are you, how are you going to make a show out of this? But fucking, we, we, we went fucking crazy. So let us go look at the Patreon questions before we wrap this up. Holy shit. I forgot I posted all these OPs. All right. So what artists, and this is from Jedi, what artist or piece of art was most influential to you as an artist? So this is a tricky question to answer because I'm not really sure. Part of my love of art was just everyone in my family pushed me towards it for whatever reason. I mean, my mom's an artist, so that was a thing. And I think... If I had to say, I'd probably say the Ninja Turtles as just this cartoon thing that I loved. And I loved drawing them. I loved playing with the toys. I just, I loved doodling with the Turtles, the Simpsons. I was a big doodler of the Simpsons. I love drawing Spawn. I have a Spawn that I did that I'm still pretty impressed by that I made when I was like 13. I'm like, man, I'm a, I was a better artist at 13 than I am now. Always more patient. But in terms of when I, like now, as an adult, who I really, really love and appreciate, and I just love Impressionism in general, because I think, you know, when you look at a lot of paintings and whatnot, they can either be super, super abstract, and you just don't know what you're even looking at, and that's fine. I enjoy those. And you have the stuff that is very realistic, and there are various different eras and, and styles of that, but things that are traditionally just portraying stuff and rendering things in a very realistic manner. And that's great. Nothing wrong with that. But when you are making a painting or a drawing or whatever that is almost a, a perfect copy, a perfect version of what you're seeing, that it's like a photograph, but done by hand, etc. I look at that and I think to myself, Photography exists as an art form. Maybe, maybe you should have just taken a photograph. Not to, not to, you know, belittle or negate the work effort, etc., and the quality of those types of pieces. But 
I think Impressionism and Impressionist art is the perfect art form because what it does is capture a moment in a way where you you get the feeling of it and you can like it 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 captures more than just what your eyes see but what your body feels sounds like you can you can get so much out of an impressionist piece of work and my favorite artist started in a bit more of a realistic thing and transitioned to impressionism and that is jmw turner joseph mallard william turner they made a movie about him not that long ago which is very beautifully shot but it's it's not i got problems with the movie but his art is incredible i fucking love the hell out of it my favorite of his is probably the burning of the house of parliament but he's most well known for uh, i forget the exact name but that like steam train coming down and it's like it's very impressionist but uh that particular painting is probably his most well known and it's very very good but i i, I would look up his stuff jmw turner i just i, I love his stuff because you, you look at something like the house the, the burn of the house of parliament and if you just had a photograph you'd be like okay i can see it i could see problem and you see it's on fire but with his piece you feel the fire you feel those flames you feel the heat of it all like it it elicits that so much better than a photograph would or a more realistic style would and that's why i really really love impressionism so uh i hope that roughly answers your question uh jedi I would love to talk more about art if you're ever interested in talking about art in general and going on like some deep dives. If you're ever, if you ever make your way out to Chicago, Jedi, and you, you want to hang out like the, the Art Institute, I'd be down. I'd be down. And then, and she asks, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? You, you know what I have to say to that? And she, I don't fucking give a shit, man. I knew someone was going to ask this dumbass question at some point. And you know what? I'll have an answer for you. You know you know how much wood a, a woodchuck would chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? I don't... Fucking ask Sonny. If there's if you want someone who's an expert on wood, ask Sonny. Because he's fucking got wood all the fucking time. And then we got another question from Jedi. According to Living Large. Do you know how many times I've resisted asking that question? He's talking about the, the, the woodchucking one. I'm sure every fucking every fucking time there's been a point to ask questions, you've resisted. And I thank you for doing that. Bad Enchi. Bad Enchi. And I think that's all the questions. I don't think that there was another question, though. I mean, let me just scroll down through all these fucking OPs I posted. Yeah, that that, that is it in Factorino. So... I'm glad, I'm glad we had the artist one, though. That was a nice one to talk about. And I'm always happy to potentially make more people aware of JMW Turner. I was so surprised when they made a movie about him. But I think while he's not... He, he, he hasn't ever reached the 
the the heights or the accolades or whatever or the the prominence the notoriety of someone like Monet etc I believe he is considered or, or looked upon very highly in his home country of the UK I think they they look at him very very highly and I think there might be a JMW Turner museum there which I would love to go to because that have I seen any of his stuff? I can't remember if there is anything at the Art Institute or not of his. No, plenty of fucking Monet's, goddamn. Monet, Monet, Monet. Monet, mo problems. Don't you know what they say? But, uh, yeah. And the, the movie is, it's just called Mr. Turner. Uh, starring character actor who's, who's very good. We've seen him in a lot of stuff, but the, the portrayal and just like the way they handle the the biopic nature like it's just it's re it's somewhat regrettable somewhat disappointing but it does at least provide it it does him justice from a visual standpoint it's a very very well shot beautiful movie and I, I'd say if you appreciate that art of filmmaking that part of filmmaking and you can like look past the substance, the story, etc., of a movie, and maybe it's something that you'll never want to rewatch, but you, you'd probably at least appreciate it upon a single viewing. It's worth it's worth checking out for that in that in that regard. But uh, yeah, that is uh, gonna do it for this here episode of the uh, uh, Pixelated Sausage Show. I just checked for a second. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remember to turn on the mic. And I even did a little test uh, test recording. So, yeah, I was I was scared for a second. I'm like, wait, I just had this great conversation about art. Did I maybe not record it? But we're good. We're all good. So uh, <laughs> that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you're watching the video version of this, of course, on the YouTubes, that's where it is. Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, hit the bell, and all that jazz it would be very very much appreciated and if you are an audio only listener please also just go do that on the youtubes because it does help out maybe leave a comment if you have anything about this particular episode that really sparked interest in your head or made you think about this or that or made you want to say something please leave a comment i'd love to chit chat about it and uh show youtube that there's some engagement on this episode and then, of course, you know, if you want to watch me streaming games and whatnot, not always the ones I talk about here, because I think I'm going to focus more on long-run things, attack the backlog, second runs, etc., and maybe stream new stuff here and there, more so if I'm considering playing through the whole thing, etc. You can do that on the YouTubes as well. And the, the archives are all there, so... If you miss out on them, if you like watching stream archives for whatever reason, if you, if you don't need that that interaction, which I, I want to try and limit at least somewhat, just so that I I, I like I, I never want to take away too much focus from the game while I'm playing it. But uh, those are on the YouTube's as well. And of course, if you'd like to find all my other links of import, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com/pxs. Everyone, pray and hope that Live and Large wins the lottery because he said. 
if he wins the lottery, he's going to buy me PXS.XYZ. So I'm going to hold him to that. I'm going to hold you to that, live and large. I'd love to buy it myself. Join the Patreon and then maybe one day that'll happen. Come on, people. Come on, people. I got so few patrons. Let's just reach double digits. That would be a great thing to hit before the end of the year. Just double digit number of patrons. For the love of God, it only costs you a dollar to join. Three dollars if you want to get in on the, the uh, question asking shit. But you know, if you just want to support the show in the simplest way, dollar. A dollar, that's $12 a year. That's, that's for a whole year's worth of support. That's cheaper than how much it costs for one fucking month of Netflix. And you know what? I think I provide better conflict, better original content than Netflix. I, I usually shit all over myself, but I'll say that at least. Fuck Netflix. Anywho, if you would like to support me and my nonsense, if you enjoy any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and said nonsense there. That is, again, patreon.com slash pxs. You should also want to support me because I only talk about this shit at the end of the show. I don't bombard you with fucking all this pluggy bullshit at the beginning. I'm like, hey, I'm going to talk about this and, and, and whatnot. But first, just remember, like my shit, dude. Like it. Subscribe. You know I have this Patreon? Fucking pay me, bro. I wait until the end. Where most people are probably already fucking have checked out and everything. Or they, they realize they're at their end. They're like, okay, well, there's no real content anymore. So I don't need to keep listening. I'm thoughtful. I'm a little bit too thoughtful, aren't I? I'm not giving you free or not giving you exclusive content that you get. I'm like, no, man, just support me because you like myself already. And you, and you wouldn't mind supporting me in a very small way. Because, I mean, like, it's a, 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 an extra dollar a month from one or a few people really going to change the world? No. But it does make it does make me feel like at least some people care. Like, I do, I do appreciate I am beyond appreciative of the, the handful of people who do support my crap via Patreon. But, uh... That is really going to do it for this here episode and, and whatnot. So, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. So, for now, adios, arrivederci. I don't know if I've done the whole stream end thing for the podcast, but I'm doing it anyway. But for now, adios, arrivederci. Bye. It's go time. It's go time.